You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 199 of the Grave Plot nine, Podcast. 99? Nine? 99? Nine, nine. <laughs> Of the Grave Plot Podcast, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. Are you sure? Am I not? You sound like you, uh, you, you, you stuttered there for a second, like you weren't sure. It's like, I, I think I'm, I'm Taylor. Oh, I Taylor, thought I said right? it pretty enthusiastically. Oh, well, maybe it was just a, I don't know, skipping in the recording or something. Maybe you glitched. Maybe your mom glitched. Like Vanellope. With a... Like Vanellope. <laughs> Good pull, bro. Yep. That's why you come to this horror podcast for topical oh. Wreck-It Ralph references. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, guys. How's it going? Welcome back to the show. Um, We're we'll so see close to turn- 200, I can fucking taste it. Right. I can feel it in my cockles. Feel it in your cock and balls. <laughs> yeah, that too. That's um, what cockles is short for. Right. It's the cock from cock and the oles from <laughs> balls. Uh, anyway, we'll see how this recording turns out, but I'm sure by the quality you can tell that we are recording remotely again. Um, Taylor had an incident. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Elephant in the Room. If you listen to last episode, you know that we talked about doing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness for this episode, but Taylor was unable to get to a theater on account of his COVID. Right. It finally got me. Hey, you know, you, you had a good run. I did. I lasted longer than a lot of people. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I was, we were talking about it um, in, uh, in, our, in our team meeting for work. Last week, you were talking not about me having COVID. Saying, no, not you, <laughs> but just COVID in general, and just how people are still getting it. And um, because you know, because we we provide healthcare adjacent services, we're considered a healthcare facility, so we still have to wear masks at work. Mm. And so it's just kind of like a you know always a, a topic of discussion is is COVID and the current state of things and. Um, just talking about how people are still getting it. People are still getting it for the first time. And it's just like I was saying, it's like, it's amazing to me that some people have made it, you know, three years without getting COVID. It's just, yeah. um, you know, figure like if anybody, or, you know, if, if I could get it, anybody can get it. Cause I was being as careful as possible. You're a hermit. That's true. I am a hermit. <clears throat> um, but Anyway, yeah. Uh, how's it treating you? Not bad. I mean, it's 
pretty much gone except for the cough. I'm going to be working my mute button here, trying to not hack anything up on the on the <laughs> podcast. But appreciated. Uh, I mean, like you were saying before we went live, that my voice sounds pretty much fine. I never really like I had a scratchy throat, but it was never it never really affected my voice. But mm-hmm. really, just congestion and and coughing was the only thing that I really had. Yeah, yeah. For me, you know, the things that hung on were uh, just kind of like congestion, like in my in my chest, you know, like the congestion in my sinuses had pretty much drained, but it was just kind of sitting in my chest. Mm. So a lot of coughing, coughing shit up and just like, you know, kind of a raw throat from all the coughing. Yeah. Um, those are the things that kind of hung on for me. And my wife, you know, she she has asthma, so like her cough lasted for months. Ugh. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you, glad you didn't get hit too hard. Um, and that you are on the mend. Um, yeah, I think so. Just in time for, uh, for Crypticon next weekend. That's right. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, just, uh, a side, side note here. Uh, every, every year in May, sometimes in August, sometimes in, well, I guess it didn't actually happen in September. It was scheduled for September, but uh, sometimes, <laughs> but usually in May, uh, every year the the Pacific Northwest celebrates the biggest gathering of the macabre in the Pacific Northwest um, at Crypticon Seattle. Um, we all gather at the was it the Double Tree? Is that what it is? Uh, well, I know it involves at least one tree. <laughs> <laughs> Um, tree, no yeah. double tree. We're done here. <laughs> yes, the fine double tree adjacent to the SeaTac Airport. <laughs> it's so hard to make, like, unless it's like a big convention, like you know, like Comic Con, or even here locally, you know, Emerald City Comic Con, where it's at the convention center. Yeah, most conventions are just at some hotel, right? Um, like, why so do we have re- a convention center? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, what are these conventions that are that are occupying it year round? Of course, have you been to that convention center? Uh, just that one time that we went to Comic Con. That's right. But that f- place is fucking huge. Oh yeah, and and they're building an extension to it. Mm-hmm. Across yeah. the street, like it's not even going to be the same building. It's going to be you got to walk to be like, oh, we're in the convention center A or whatever, and then we got to yeah walk a block and a half to. Yeah, that just was, to give you that would actually suck if Crypticon was there and we're just like, oh yeah, our next panel is a block and a half away. So right. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, like it was it was hard because I went to Comic Con, you know, again, that is also usually in March, but over the last couple of years it's been rescheduled or canceled. So this past year it was in December. So uh I went there this last year and in, in in the main hall is where, where most of the stuff happens, but there's three f- three floors. One, two, two floors. But there, so there's two floors and a sky bridge with you know two floors in, in an additional building, and then they've got you know another hall and another building that you for, with stuff and like just depending on what you want to see, you know, you may not even go to these buildings, but like. They they had uh they had leased out uh, ballrooms over at the Sheraton too to do like celebrity Jesus. Uh, interviews. Yeah, so I was like I was 
and I because this was my first time, uh, you know, where I was like in, engaging with stuff. You know, you and I went and we just kind of walked around. We didn't really have a you know specific purpose for being there, but I was like actually trying to see stuff and and you know you know see interviews and stuff like that. So I was so lost, like I could not. I wanted to go see Jim Lee's interview panel. Um, and I could not find it for the life of me. And I'm like asking employees, it's like, you know, it's security guards and stuff. It's like, where the hell do I go? <laughs> and it's like, you know, they've got that, that grand entrance that, you know, the staircase that leads up like mm-hmm. into where, where the escalators are and stuff Yeah, to, to get into the main building. That wasn't where you go in. You go in, in the, the entrance that's like down, like in the parking lot where it splits. What is that? Eighth Avenue? No, uh, fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, it's like I am so confused. I don't know where the fuck I'm going. <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah. So Crypticon, great experience every year. Your boys are gonna have was it five panels in one day? Four or five? Yeah. We're gonna be so fucking busy. Yeah. I mean, come, if, if you're coming one day and you want to see us, Saturday is the day because that's the day that we got all our panels. Right. We'll be there all weekend, but uh, as I, far as... I will not be there Friday. Oh, you're not going to be there Friday? No, I was I was summoned to uh, do a whack show. Oh. I was told that I am needed. Well, so you're going to dust off that suit, huh? Oh, no, I don't have to wear a suit anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just going to go in t-shirt and jeans? That's what I did last time, yeah. I used to be a big man around here. Hey, I'm the president now, okay? <laughs> So I wear what I want. Carry around a bottle of hooch in a paper bag. That's right. <laughs> Tell people, do you, you know? Guys who I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be there Friday. Then you're Sunday, I assume, right? I, I, yeah, probably. Yeah, Sunday's Sunday's kind of a slow day. Yeah, Sunday is the uh, the day everybody's hungover. <laughs> right. After that biohazard party and all the other parties and. The, the prom of the dead and all that shit that's going on Saturday night. People. Just, everybody's just like Andrew WK. We're just party, party, party. <laughs> party, party. Well, it's like, cause so many people come out of town from out of town and, you know, they're all staying in there at the hotel. Oh yeah. So they just get fucking hammered. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas you and I like, we got to go we home. Can only, yeah. We got to go home and get sleep. And like, you know, I have a kid come now. The so there's that. Right. Yeah. And you got to turn, yeah, got to turn it all back on the next day, and you know, be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, especially if you're doing panels. But anyway, so yeah, um, uh, Crypticon Seattle this year. If you haven't got your tickets, you can go to CrypticonSeattle.com. Um, and what uh, the hell are our panels? Uh, we are doing uh, history of the Universal Monsters. Um, let's see. There's a eat the there's rich. one, whatever right. that is. Which uh, I franchise think is reborn, the podcasting workshop, which we're on every year because we're master podcasters, right? And the ninety strike back group, right? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, we're, we're moderating franchise reborn and the ninety strike back. So, which get is ready for a shit show? <laughs> <laughs> we are consummate professionals. <laughs> When it comes to moderating panels, we are so well prepared. <laughs> Always. <laughs> you just need to start telling Jason, it's like, look, we love doing the panels, 
But don't have us moderate. We're terrible at it. Yeah. We're fine. Give us. <laughs> but give us celebrity interviews because we're actually apparently pretty good at that. <laughs> well, yeah, just, you know, have people kick my ass and the crowd loves it. Yeah. I kick his ass all the time. I'm, I get a great thrill out of it. It's true. He's very abusive. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So like Taylor said, uh, we were, the original plan was we were supposed to be watching Dr. Strange, um, but uh, that didn't happen. I wouldn't saw it anyway, but um, did you now? I did. It was pretty good. Most Not, good. Yeah. Like, it was not I mean, this, this probably won't come as any shock but it was not very horror it sure. was very clearly a Sam Raimi movie but as far as horror it had some some you know horror style stuff but you know on a limited basis um, but it, yeah it was pretty good it's funny because the two movies that I th- like, the two first movies in in the entire Marvel universe that I think people just like in general just did not like Thor and Doctor Strange, both who just found them so boring. But you know, Thor: The Dark World was also kind of meh. But like Ragnarok, and now Love and Thunder is looking equally awesome, and Doctor Strange too, or you know. Multiverse of Madness. Great movies. Um, I just thought that was funny that the two two films that were kind of drips, like kind of the, the black sheep of the entire Marvel Universe, got these awesome sequels. Yeah. <clears throat> um, anyway. But yeah. I, I don't know how much longer it's going to be in theaters, honestly. Because when I went, it was in the small theater. So we'll see how that goes. Taylor's coughing up a lung. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, anything else new with you aside from the the vid? Uh, Not really. Going to Vegas in two weeks. Party, party, party. Like Andrew WK. Wait, uh, so what weekend is it? It's Memorial Day weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to have to figure something out with recording. Right. What, what day are you coming back? Uh, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Yeah, because I'm looking at probably having like a birthday thing the following weekend. Okay. So, I don't know. Figure something out. Yep. We always do. Even if it's just skipping the episode. (laughs) That is sometimes the only option. Right. And I mean, you know, we got to make them wait for 200, right? Right. We got a lot of things in store for you guys. Big things. We have no things. Dicks. Also, don't forget Cult of Splat live show, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas from Las Vegas, May 26th, oh, 4 o'clock Pacific, Facebook.com slash Cult of Splat. That's my other podcast. 
That is his other podcast. I seen it. You don't see I seen it with my own eyes. Sometimes you do. Remember when they tried calling them vodcasts? No. Yeah, it was terrible. It's like, oh, it's a vodcast. And it's like, you mean a video of a podcast? <laughs> it's not- just a video podcast. Yeah, like we're not calling it that. <laughs> Stop trying to make that happen. Okay, well, anything else you want to want to mention before we get into things? I don't think so. I think that's it. Okay. Well, uh, before we start the, 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 the meat of the show, before we get into thick, sweaty mess of the show, uh, we want to thank. They're going to say thick, sweaty meat. <laughs> well, it is thick, sweaty meat. You know how we love our sweaty meat. <laughs> uh, we want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These lovely folks help finance this silly little show that we run here. Uh, it's not an expensive uh, venture, but it does cost money. And we don't have much of it. So their assistance goes a long way. Uh, these wonderful folks I'm mentioning are Jordan Morrison, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, everyone, from the bottom of our hearts. Bottoms, bottom, bottoms. Two hearts, so bottoms. Two hearts, right? two bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> Touching bottoms. Touching hands. <laughs> what is it? Oh, reaching out. Right, you, I just realized you wouldn't understand that joke. That was that was a different friend I made that joke with. There was you. Do you remember this band in the local scene when we were probably just out of high school called Years to Zero? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I was, I was friends with the guys in that band. Um, and they had this one song called touching bottom and me, me and my other friend, we'd always tell them like, we'd go to their shows and just be like, play touching bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd always joke that they had this badass song called eye of the storm, which didn't even exist. (laughs) Play eye of the storm. It'd be great if you had other random people who didn't even know just being like, yeah, play Eye of the Storm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, if anybody else wants to be a grave digger, Taylor, where can people go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can join the party. Normally, we we broadcast uh, our episodes on uh, Discord, but obviously with... uh, things being remote that's not an option right now but normally that is something you would get for as little as one dollar uh five dollars you can get your name in the show or your twitter handle or your brand or your handle your your pseudonym your mom whatever you want tony will say it so i will say Patreon. he will you heard the gusto he had just a few seconds ago <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Patreon. All right. Well, should we do the show? Sure. All right. Let's do some more business.
Taylor, tell me something. Okay. Do you ever I open sometimes... ki- I open mouth kissed a horse once. <laughs> it's not true. I'm from Enum Claw, but that's not true. He fucks them. No. That's what they do. <laughs> no. You don't fuck the horses. The horses fuck us. <laughs> they get literally split up the middle. I loved when no. my cousin moved and he posted on Facebook and he was like, I'm moving out of Enumclaw. I know it has nothing to do with the sex farm, but yes, I can show you where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny when they covered that on The Daily Show. Oh, God. I think they mentioned Enumclaw by name. Of course they did. I just remember when I first met one of my girlfriend's friends, like while we were living in New York, and she was like, hey, this guy's from Enumclaw, Washington. And he goes, Mr. Hands? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, but anyway, Taylor. Sometimes, do you get nervous on airplanes? Uh, I do actually. <laughs> I feel like most people probably do at least a little. There's just something nerve wracking about being. You know, in, in something that's pro- propelled by engines to keep you in the sky. It's just it's, it's it's unnatural. Well, yeah, and you know, like people love to say, "Oh, well, you're more likely to get in a car crash." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm also a lot more likely to survive a car crash." Right. Yeah. If your plane goes down, chances are you dead. Yeah. Well, you know, so when you do go on a plane, you want things to go smoothly, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's turbulence. Sometimes it's ice on the wings or, or whatever. Or little goblins. Or green ghouls. <laughs> There's someone on the wing. Some thing. Uh, well, sometimes what happens is you get fucked up pictures sent to you from somebody you don't know. When it happens on the plane, that just kind of adds to the stress. Uh, so we're talking about a plane that was coming from Israel to Turkey. And the flight was postponed just before takeoff after not one, not two, but several passengers received really weird pictures on their phones. I believe it was 166 passengers. Yeah. That's that's not great, Bob. <laughs> this is like a final destination for modern day with cell phones. Right? So is that I mean that that's how you know it was cuz yeah. of cell phones. Cuz in whatever your final destination came out, there were no cell phones. You, you couldn't you couldn't airdrop photos like this. Well, I mean they're they probably had cell phones, but they're like like this big. Yeah, it was like Zach Morris. Right. There was okay, like a, watch- a thing you had to strap to your to your belt for, that like had a cord to the phone. Did you ever see right. those? It was like a, it's a portable phone, but it's like a briefcase. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, a fucking briefcase. It looks like something the government would issue. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever saw that because you know they those were well out of date by the time I was even acknowledging what cell phones were. Um, 
But uh, first time I ever saw that was in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> when uh, Murtaugh was, I think, calling their captain and be like, I can't work with this guy. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, he was talking on one of the big fucking cell phones. Giant <laughs> suitcase brick carried along with it. Apparently, he needs like fucking nuclear fusion to operate these phones back then. Anyway. Um, yeah, so according to local reports, the passengers were sent set to travel from Israel to Turkey, but the pilot decided to turn back to the terminal at Ben Gurion Airport. Uh, Israeli publication Khan News noted that how the image showed a series of plane crashes with no one knowing who was responsible for sending them. That is not what you want to see. When no, you're that's on unnerving. What movie was that where they're... It was the in-flight movie was uh, was um, I think it was a fake movie, but it's a movie about plane crashes. I don't know. Was that like Naked Gun or something like that? Anyway, um, <laughs> one passenger who was aboard the flight when it was aborted. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to assemble these words, and it's not that what is written here is incoherent. I'm just not understanding it. Uh, okay, one one passenger said, who was aboard the flight uh, said, uh, "We got on the flight and the plane started moving. Uh, most most people received a request for a photo confirmation and airdrop. Some approved and some didn't." The plane stopped and the flight attendants asked who got the pictures. So in all likelihood, it was sent by somebody on the plane. Yeah. Well, that's what the police said later. They yeah. Said I mean, the airdrop. call was coming from inside the house. <laughs> I mean, airdrop, you have to be within. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I think it's like 20 feet or something like that. Oh, really? That close. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I could look it up, but it's not that important. But who has the time? <laughs> who has time for these things? Um, police swarmed the plane, and the passenger said they were escorted off the flight, saying the airport manager told us there was a security incident. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. It's 30 I mean, feet, just... by the way. 30 feet? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, unless it was like one of the like people um, down on the ground. Like the ground crew. <clears throat> um, they took all of our all of our luggage out of the plane for a second check. Uh, ra- local radio broadcaster Gale Zalay Zahal reported that 166 passengers received the unnerving messages. Um, among the pictures were two two of wreckages. One of which was Turkish airline was a Turkish airline plane that crashed in Amsterdam in 2009, and led to the deaths of nine passengers. How exactly does a plane crash only kill nine people? Uh, luck. I mean, yeah, were they like ten feet off the ground or something? Because <laughs> we were just discussing, like, if a plane crashes, pretty much everybody going to die. Yeah, unless, I mean, if it lands, like, at a weird angle or something, and then maybe it, like, slows it down enough that when the other side lands, it's just 
jarring, but doesn't not fatal. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, how many second, people survived on Lost? I don't know. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, none. Seven. But, oh yeah, they're all dead. Yeah, that's the finale. Is you find out they're actually all dead. I thought that was like ambiguous. Uh, I, don't know, I never watched it. I th- was it? I don't remember. I don't know. Like people, I watched it about once this. and I was pretty tuned out by the end. Yeah, that's that's what I understand. It got pretty ridiculous towards the end. Yeah, once they introduced time travel, I was pretty much I was like, wait, I thought this was about people on an island. Like <laughs> now, there's quantum leaping involved. Like let's uh, let's pump the brakes. <laughs> A uh, second photo showed the 2013 wreckage of Asiana Airlines Flight 214 that crashed in San Francisco, killing three. So, again, that, I mean, obviously, I don't know much about planes because I would fi- figure if a plane crashed, unless it was in, like in water, that right. everybody would just die. But apparently, that's not the case. Uh, Airports Authority spokesman Olaf Leffler, or sorry, Ofer Leffler. Uh, said, this is not a cyber attack. The source of the videos is inside the plane. Um, all passengers and luggage are being further examined, and the police and other security officials have opened an, opened an investigation. I mean, I don't know what the laws are in Israel, or Turkey, I guess. I mean, no, Israel. It's going from um, Israel, so yeah, I assume that would be Israeli laws. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah considered sovereign land or sovereign ground until it lands in another country. Makes sense. Um, yeah. But it, at least by us laws, I would think that they didn't really do anything illegal. Just, it's just, just being a dick, a dick move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how far a policing investigation would go. Uh, or you know what what they plan to achieve? I mean, I guess it's it's borderline terroristic threats. That's a stretch. I mean, a, a good lawyer. Would yeah, be able to... I mean, that's the only thing I can really think of, though. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that might be what they're going for. Maybe they're just trying to find out who it was so they can kick his ass or something. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, this is. Either way, it's just not something you want when you're about to go on a, you know, international flight. No, definitely not. Especially if you're not going over anything that, you know, might help you survive like water. Yeah. <laughs> At least I wouldn't think. Because it's north, right? Israel to Turkey. I don't know. What are the odds we're going to hit an ocean? If anything, it's going to be a mountain. <laughs> I Tell you what, if you don't know how to buckle your seatbelt, just ring your call button and Tommy come hit you over the head with a tack hammer. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big, dumb animal, isn't he, folks? <laughs> I remember this one time I was flying home from, from L.A. And um, I was sitting by the window, but I just wasn't really paying much attention. And, like, I could feel like the plane was turning around. And in hindsight, it's like, okay, we must have must have had to turn around to because we must have gotten reassigned to a different runway or something. 
hit it, had to hit it from a different angle, but we turned around and I'm like, what the hell's going on? I look out the window and we're over water. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> we're not supposed to be over water. But yeah, we flew like out over the sound. Because LA like, to Seattle sh- is a straight shot, right? More or less. I mean, I'm, but then like, Seattle to LA goes over the water or does it go over the other way? No, wait. Because one has to curve. One has either, to curve. Either north or south. Either it goes like this, and then the other one goes straight. Or else they're going to run into each other. Well, I mean, that's assuming that there are two planes running the exact same flight path at the same time. That's what I'm saying. One curves. It's always that way. Every time I've been on a flight, one curves, and then one goes straight. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know planes. I mentioned that. I mentioned that, right? <laughs> I don't know planes. You're the one telling the fucking story. <laughs> you wrote it. You put it here. You asked anyway. the question. <laughs> uh, objection. You asked the question. Oh. <laughs> Look, okay. I got to say, I don't care where you stand on Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, but you got to admit her lawyers are fucking inept. Oh my God. I've never seen like real life attorneys. So fucking stupid. (laughs) Like, except for like the prosecutors that did the OJ trial and they were pretty fucking inept. Um, Marsha Clark and was the other guy, Jim, Jim, Bob. Yep. Cooter. Probably. Um, anyway, planes, trains, and automobiles, guys, fucking crazy. That's a good ass movie. It is a good ass movie. It's a, a, a Thanksgiving essential. On, on Cult of Splat, we have, I think, I don't know if we're going with Cult of Splat All-Stars or Cult of Splat Hall of Fame, but uh, anybody who is in three movies that we do, becomes either this all-star or hall of fame. I'm looking at our schedule. I think the first one is going to be John Candy. Oh, really? <laughs> we got like, uh, who was Harry Crumb, Armed and Dangerous, and Summer Rental? Uh, I don't know if we have Armed and Dangerous on the list, but um, oh. we've got Summer Rental, Great Outdoors. Great Outdoors is rotten? Yep. What in the fuck? I know. You know what I just discovered? Summer rental, I get, but what? Fucking hook. What is like twenty nine percent? Holy hell! What the fuck yeah. is wrong with people? I don't know. God damn it! Of course, you know this is back in what ninety two? Is that when that came out? Something like that. Yeah, you had like Siskel and Ebert who just fucking hated everything. I guess I don't know how you hate Hook. Being a fucking miserable asshole, that's how. Fucking twats. <laughs> I mean, it was Robin Williams, I think. I feel like Robin Williams didn't have the appreciation that he does now until after he died. Anyway, should we press on? Probably. Okay. And I can change Even if I tried Even if I wanted to
So Kevin Bacon is returning to summer camp. You just got bacon. <laughs> uh, of course, best known for getting an arrow through the throat in the original Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, he is best known for that. I mean, to me, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's he been in since? I don't know something about like sandworms or whatever. S- Stir of echoes. That's <laughs> <laughs> how Fred Ward died, right? Yeah, that's a bummer. That is a bummer. I didn't realize he was so old. When I first saw it, I thought it said Fred Willard, and I was like, no! He's been dead for years. I know, that's why I was like, wait! Not again! (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, Fred Willard's a zombie, and they killed him again! (laughs) I have such a a range of emotions! (laughs) My dad sent me an article about Fred Ward, and I did the same thing. I'm like, wait, Fred... I was thinking of Fred Willard. Like, he's been dead. This is all news. Like, oh, no, Frank Ward. Shit. Um, I also, even though they're not anything alike, I just the names, I mix up Fred Willard and um, uh, John Michael Hugh, John Michael. Fuck. Uh, You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Shit was his last name. Yes, they're, I mean probably because they're both in so many Christopher Christopher Guest movies. That's probably it. Yeah, Higgins. Yes, that's what I said. That's his name. Uh, so Kevin Bacon is returning to the summer camp horror slasher genre in a film called They Slash Them. Get it? it yep. It is right, and then you say the slash because then it's like a slasher. Slash, slash, or slashing prices. Because they are slashing them. They're slashing prices. And, and they're slashing prices, sure. <laughs> it takes place at a Walmart. <laughs> uh, they slash them is, quote, a slasher horror film set at an LGBTQIA plus conversion camp starring Bacon as Owen Whistler. Several queer and trans campers join Whistler for a week of programming intended to help them find a new sense of freedom. Oh, boy. Uh, it's scary. Like, it's scary that these things exist in actuality. Yeah, this. I mean, the, the, I was confused by that last line. It's like, help them find a new sense of freedom, which makes it sound like, you know, be happy with who you are. But then I was like, wait, isn't it a conversion camp? Well, no, I mean, yeah. Like, you know, Christians and, you know, fundamentalists, they look at being queer uh, or, you know, trans as uh, a burden and a hindrance. And so, yeah, conversion is to basically solve their confusion and free them. Yeah, they see it as a disease. Right. Uh, As the camp's methods become increasingly more psychologically unsettling, the campers must work together to protect themselves. When a mysterious killer starts claiming victims, things get even more dangerous. Dun, dun, dun. Boogity boo. Formerly titled Whistler Camp, the slasher will debut on Peacock on (laughs) Friday. (laughs) You just turned to whistle. Yep. Let's go to camp and whistle. <laughs> sorry. It's terrible. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, the Slasher will debut on Peacock on Friday, August 5th. 
Kevin Bacon plays Owen Whistler, the conversion camp director who runs Whistler camp alongside several counselors, including his wife, Cora, who is played by Carrie Preston of uh, true blood fame. Corey Whistler is a licensed licensed therapist in charge of the campers therapy sessions and the wife of camp director Owen Whistler. Like I said, uh, also cast is Anna. Uh, I don't know if it's Klumsky. It's, it's Chomsky. It's Chalumsky. That's how it's said. Her, I think. Yeah. Chlumsky. That's, that's Chalumsley. That's it's, Chlum- it's clumsy. Chalumsky. <laughs> Uh, best known, of course, is Liz Schlumsky. Lemler from 30 Rock. You know, I, I think it's Schlumsky. Well, that's even more confusing. Why? Because it's a C. Why is it Schlumsky if it's a C? It should be an S. I don't know, man. It's clearly from some kind of Slavic country. <laughs> Polish, probably. Are you Polish? <laughs> I'm so tired. Uh, like I said, best known as Liz Lemler from 30 Rock. Or uh, Veda Saltenfuss. From? My Girl? Oh, right. <laughs> uh, she was also recently on that Inventing Anna show. Oh, that's uh, right, she, she was. She plays Molly, the camp's medic and newest employee. I hope that she's like... Uh... Well, she works there, so she's probably not a likable character, which is unfortunate because I like her as a person. You don't know her as a person. I could. You don't. She'd just give me a chance. (laughs) Anna, fucking call me. (laughs) Fucking shitty. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean... One can only hope that uh, the wh- the whistlers get their come up. Why are you saying it that way? <laughs> Why am I saying what what way? <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, just uh, as if conversion camps weren't horrific enough, you know. Just, Terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah, like, is it going to be one of those situations where we're, like, cheering on the killer because he's, like, killing all these evangelicals? And I mean, I will. <laughs> I mean, I assume he's probably just going to kill it, er, buddy, but... Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. The summer camp slasher thing doesn't really seem to work too well unless it has some kind of motivation. That's true. Stereotypically. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. You going to watch this? Mm, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it free. Well, at least for me anyway. Yeah. Man, I just realized uh, the other day you can't download stuff using the Peacock app unless you have Premium Plus. Is that no? it comes with... No, that's just premium. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really looking to to download it anyway. I mean, I only was because uh, I was going to download Fear and Loathing to watch on the plane on my way to Vegas. Ah, that's why when I texted you, I was like, I should just buy it, right? Yeah, I mean, that that I feel like that's an essential for most video collections. Yeah, 
Uh, I think uh, I don't know if I have my brothers or if I just bought one like the same. I think the one I have is like a Criterion Collection. Mm. Um, and I know it was the same one as my brothers, but I can't remember if it was his or if I bought it. Either way, I have it. And it's like I haven't watched it in years, but it's just one of those things you you you, you put on the shelf. And maybe forget it's there, but then one day you're just like, man, I really want to watch Fear and Loathing. Yeah. Anyway. Good stuff. Anyway. What's the score here? What's last? <laughs> I need this, right? I'll remember your face. Is this not a reasonable place to park? <laughs> reasonable? You're on the sidewalk. God. Great movie. So good. All right. All right. Let's move on. We can't stop here. This is backcountry. <laughs> Carry on my son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. All right. So it's been... A little while now, I think a full TV season, if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, that uh, Supernatural officially ended. 15 years that show was on. That's, that's like unheard so, of. That's so many. Yeah. And, it, you know, a lot of shows, they just, they just run and run and run and like, you know, like soap operas, you know, ones that have been on since like the 60s and 70s. Sure. They're still going. And it's just like, I, I don't watch it, but I have to assume the quality just isn't quite there anymore. Probably just replaying the same fucking storylines over and over again. Yeah. But Supernatural, for 15 years, it, it had some lulls. Any show does. But the quality was always there. And I think a lot of that had to do with, with the people involved with the show, you know, the cast and, and the directors and the, and the writers and stuff. They're all very passionate about the show for, you know, for 15 years. Had the same showrunner all 15 years. Um, anyway, so the quality never really suffered. So it was always a very, very good show. Um, but like I said, it did finally end uh, season before last. Um, it was announced not too long ago. Um, that uh, they that the CW was working with Jensen Ackles' production company to develop a prequel. Um, about I can't remember if at the time if it was about their parents, Mary and John, or if it was supposed to be about, like maybe about their grandparents or something. I, I don't recall exactly, but. Uh, the CW has officially uh, given the green light to the Winchesters uh, in ordering uh, ordering the uh, the show to series rather than just a pilot. This is what the third spinoff idea that they've had. Uh, third spinoff, yeah, Blood Bloodlines or something like that. There was Bloodlines, which they did a backdoor pilot for and never produced another episode. And then there was uh, the one about the chick that you said gets her ass kicked all the time. Yeah, Wayward Sisters. Yeah. Which uh, I think actually did air, but it got canceled pretty pretty quick. Oh, really? 
I didn't. I don't remember them ever actually like even making it, but I thought they did. Um, either way, both of them were just, you know, Bloodlines maybe could have been good, but it's hard to say. Um, like the episode they did, it seemed very out of place and very deliberately like a, you know, like they're trying to set up a spinoff. Yeah. Um. see all I'm getting is the episode supernatural spinoff Weaver sisters not moving for okay so I guess they didn't actually film it which is fine because that would have been so fucking stupid yeah like I mean without getting off into a huge tangent basically the show was about this sheriff who is now a hunter with her recurring experiences with Sam and Dean, in which every single time she got her ass handed to her by whatever <laughs> demon they were hunting, um, like like seriously, end of every every episode, she's like bleeding or she's got like some kind of mortal injury, <laughs> something <laughs> broken bones. Like why this is clearly not your line of work, but they were gonna have her mentor all these like. Little girls to be hunters. And so, like, all right, here's how you take a punch. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Winchesters will tell the epic story of how Sam and Dean's parents, John and Mary, met. And how they pull it, put it all in line to not only save their love, but the entire world. Uh, this is not the first time that they've revisited the, the young Mary and John. Uh, there was actually... Um, I think a couple episodes where Sam and Dean went back in time and visited their parents as as, as youths, youths, youths. <laughs> you say youths? What is a ute? Um. Uh, in the prequel series, Mary, played by Meg Donnelly, is 19 years old and has been fighting the forces of darkness since she was a child. After losing someone close to her, the hardened hunter considers quitting the family business until her father's disappearance and the arrival of a newcomer, John, played by Drake Roger, forces her to forces her to lead a new team. John has recently returned from Vietnam, selfless and clear-headed. He finds a selfless clear-headed, huh? That's pretty unheard of of a Vietnam vet. Yeah. Um, uh, he finds a new mission back at home where traces of his father's past lead him to a secret organization and a whole new war as a hunter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this episode where they, these episodes where they visit John and Mary as, as you know, early 20 somethings, uh, it's Mary who, cause I think they at the time assumed that John was the one who brought the family into hunting, but it was actually Mary because her entire family are, are hunters. Um, and uh, her her dad is actually played by, um, I'm totally sp- spacing on his name, Pinker Pastori. <laughs> Pastori. <laughs> um, God, Horace I can't Pinker. Remember his name. Yeah, Horace Pinker. I can't remember his name. 
The actor's name? Yeah. It's going to bug me. I need to look it up real quick. Apparently there's a rock band named Horace Pinker. Yeah, I just saw that. Uh, Mitch Pelleggi. Mitch Pelleggi. That's what it is. Um, anyway, yeah, so he plays her dad, and he turns out to be a real asshole. So it'll be interesting to see that play out in this show. I wonder if he's going to play him in this, too, considering he's probably like 10 years older now. Right. Are these the same actors that played him in the show? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um. Because again, the actors that play them in the show would be, you know, roughly ten years older too. Right. Yeah, no, it's a different kid. Anyway. Anyway, so are you into um, this as a supernatural fan? Yeah, I'm. Gonna, I'll give it a shot. It's it's interesting to me that this is the first. Spinoff. I think it says a lot. That this is the first spinoff that actually has gotten some traction, right? So yeah, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. I mean, if it's if it's not any good, I won't stick with it. I don't. And I'm not, you know, sweet on it like I was the original show. Um, Jensen Ackles will return to narrate the Supernatural prequel as Dean Winchester. Supernatural executive producer Robbie Thompson. Oh, no, it's Robbie, huh? Oh yeah, it was oh, always wait. Rob. Wait, wasn't it Rob Thomas? Yeah. What the hell? Who the hell's Robbie Thompson? He's a, he's a new guy. Well, whatever. Um, he will be writing and executive producing. Um, it was funny when this was first announced because it came out. There was like a press release about it because. Um, I don't know if it was Ackles' idea or if it was just something that was being developed through his production company. But apparently Jared Padalecki had no inkling. Like he was not aware of it at all. And so he like actually kind of publicly got a little offended by it. And so they he was probably busy fucking all over the woods. Yeah, you know, he's off doing his walker. Texas Ranger? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, he's doing uh, a walker. Re- not reboot, but remake. I think they've... Uh, I've never watched it, but it's from what I gathered, it's just like just like a cop drama. You know, he's just... He's just a regular Texas Ranger that doesn't kick people in the face. <laughs> in tight jeans. Um but yeah, he was kind of bent out of shape about it, and I think they had to uh, um, squash it kind of offline. But anyway, hmm. so yeah, uh, no word on when this is actually going to premiere, but looks like the wheels are in motion. And that's all I have to say about that. It's got the green light like Pitbull. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Take me away. I don't mind. But you better promise 
So, as we know, Blumhouse recently uh, has been on this run of trying to make horror movies out of other movies. They did it with, with uh, mainly, like, 90s comedies. Yeah. Uh, they did it with Groundhog Day when they made Happy Birthday. Uh, they did it with Freaky Friday when they made Freaky. Real uh, original and, net titling there. Yeah. Now it appears they're going to do it again with Back to the Future with a movie called Totally Killer. <sighs> uh, this is coming from Blumhouse and Amazon. It is a continuation of the deal forged by the two companies in 2019. Uh, it's going to star Kiernan Shipka, who, of course, was Sabrina in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. She was also in Mad Men. Uh, Olivia Holt from Cruel Summer. Julie Bowen from Modern Family. Uh, and Randall Park from Fresh Off the Boat and just one of the funniest people on the planet. He's pretty funny. I like him in, uh, well, I guess he's been in a, in a number of Marvel things now, but like Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like so impressed with Scott's uh, um, magic abilities. Yeah, I really liked him in One Division. Yeah. Yeah, he's good in that. I love that he plays a... I, I haven't watched it yet, but he plays a... Um, oh, fuck. What's it called? In Human Resources, he's like a, a logic stone or something. A but, logic stone? Yeah, and he basically just looks like a Easter Island statue on a person's body. In, in the trailer, <laughs> he's like telling this guy, he's like, there's no need to get off the plane yet. I guarantee you'll have plenty of time. Because, <laughs> you know, everyone's like, the plane touches down, everyone stands up. It's like, the doors aren't even open yet. Calm your tits. Right. The Wait. worst, though, is the people that line up at the gate. That will always drive me crazy. Yeah, I know. You got a hard on about that. You have an assigned boarding uh, group. group. You you wait your turn. Sit your ass down. You're just in the way at this point. Like That's the worst. We Our last flight out... Uh, when we went to Colorado, there's just like people standing there, like at the end of the line. And we're like, are you going to go? And they're like, oh, no, it's not my time yet. We're like, get the fuck out of the way. Dipshit. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, where was I? Uh, Something na- about na- na- Nanachka Khan of Always Be My Maybe and Young Rock uh, is directing and Jen D'Angelo penned the screenplay based on an original script by David Matalin and Sasha Pearl Raver. Got all that? Yep, most of it. Uh, the film follows Jamie, played by Kiernan Shipka, whose mom, Pam, is terrorized by the resurgence of the Sweet 16 Killer, a masked maniac that slaughtered a group of teenage girls in the 80s. With the help of her friend Amelia, she travels back in time to 1987 and teams up with the teen version of her mom to try and stop the killer. I like how they just like mention, oh, she just travels back in time. You know, no big deal. As yeah. one does. It's just kind of like, oh, whoops. Back in time now. It's like, oh, how are we going to stop this killer? Well, what if we traveled back in time? Yeah, that's the logical step, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously we'll go back in time. I mean, maybe this movie exists in a universe where time travel is just just a thing that you do. Like in uh, fucking Minority Report. No, sure. they didn't go back in time in that. Well, 
the hell am I thinking of? Oh, Time Cop. That's what it was. <laughs> I mean, like, if you think about it in, uh, you know, let's let's say 1995, if you were just like, yeah, in 30 years, rich people are just going to go to space for fun. You'd, people would be like, yeah, right. Good one. Space for fun. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. If you would have told like Neil Armstrong that it's like, you know, one day people are just going to do this just because you'd be like, what, what? <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, the idea of a horror comedy time travel movie is I'm going to be honest, something I never thought of in my life. So when I was approached by the amazing creatives at Blumhouse and Amazon about totally killer, it was just amazing so creatives. Amazing. That's that's being what's more than generous. Uh, what's, too what's a, generous. <laughs> much too generous. Uh, it was just so unique and exciting. Generous. I had to be involved. And then this incredible cast on top of that, everybody get ready. Said director Nanachka Khan. That's one, two, Which three, four, five, six, it? seven Ys, by the way. Oh, she, you did yeah. say she was Khan directing. is directing. D'Angelo wrote the screenplay. David Matalin and Sasha Pearl Raver wrote the script. But who's on first? Yes. Ah. Ah. Uh, you know what? This... Uh, Sounded better when it was uh, Final Girls. Right? I was thinking that too. I was like, this sounds vaguely familiar. Mm-hmm. I, um... Yeah. Nah. Nah, brah. And for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Not like fucking... Blumhouse, man. Like, how many times can you shit the bed before people stop paying attention? Seven? Seven? Seven times? Try but- eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a little rascal's reference. You're welcome. <laughs> no, not the show. The movie heard of it um no i just you know when was the last time we saw blumhouse like a good blumhouse movie it's i mean it's been a while spoiler alert not today not today (laughs) no i don't think we ever actually said what the i mean you'll see it with the the show with the The title title, yeah we haven't actually announced what the replacement movie is yet um um us I mean, yeah, I guess. But, Christ, this just sounds so dumb. Well, I mean, not so much that it sounds dumb, I guess. It's just that because I know it's Blumhouse, it's probably going to be dumb. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like it's supposed to be a little dumb. Well, sure, yeah. But, like, like I said, Final Girls was... Very, a a very similar. It was a little dumb, but it was funny. It was funny, and and overall a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, premise is a, a little different, but for all intents and purposes, basically the same. 
Yeah, like, I mean, from what we know of this, the only real difference, it sounds like, is that they choose to go back in time. Right, and that it's her actual mom rather than a character her mom played. Oh, that, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, basically the same thing. Um, yeah, fucking, fucking no, dude. <laughs> nah, brah. Chupa not bra. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Sometimes I say some really funny shit. <laughs> Can you make a chupa not bra shirt? <laughs> Put it in the store. Sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, so coming hot off the tail of uh, Bill and Ted 3, was it? Face the music. Face the music. That's, I was thinking behind the music. I'm like, no, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bill and Ted face music. You know, Alex Winter was coming, came back to acting. He didn't. He hadn't really done much of the last, what, 20 years? No, he'd been doing directing mostly. Directing, yeah, directing and writing. But it looks like he's, uh, he, but he did, you know, do, do the most recent Bill, Bill and Ted. And I think that's probably the last thing he's done since this, right? As far as I know. Yeah. Um, but he is coming back with uh, a, a brand new horror movie called Destroy All Neighbors! Exclamation point. Uh, it's going to be directed by Contracted Phase 2. Uh Phase two is Josh Forbes for Shudder. Did you ever watch that? No. It's not very good. I think it's I got remember like it's- at the time we were all like, oh, I can't believe they got rid of what's his dick. And now I'm just like, oh, good thing they got rid of what's his dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, regardless of who directed it, it's just not. This is not a good movie. Not really, no. Um, it's like Matt wasn't, Mercer. Wasn't uh, Fat Neil the only one that came back from the first movie? Charlie Coons. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm pretty sure yeah, he was the only one. <laughs> Fat Neil. <laughs> um, Fabulous Neil. <laughs> uh, yeah, directed by Contract Phase Two's Josh Forbes for Shutter and RLJE Films. Ah, Jonah Ray. Jonah Ray Rodriguez from Mystery Science 3000 is going to be in the film as William Brown, a struggling prog rock musician. Is prog rock even a thing anymore? Who finds himself in a living nightmare when he accidentally kills Vlad played by Alex Winter, the neighbor from hell. Vlad disembodies, Vlad's disembodied corpse delights in tormenting William, sending him further into madness and impending doom. What the fuck? <laughs> this sounds like the cast and the, the, the plot sounds goofy enough for me to watch it. Yeah. 
Plus, if it's um, on Shutter, win. Yeah, fucking. Again, guys, Shutter six ninety nine a month for hundreds of films. They're not going to pay us. <laughs> Eventually, they'll notice us, Taylor. <laughs> Remember when I asked uh, them to sponsor the film fest and they were like, how many people are going to come? And then I told them and they never answered me. Right. Sometimes you should just take the silence. <laughs> as rejection. Oh, I did. It wasn't like, I was just like, hello. <laughs> just wanted to follow up. Thank you. <laughs> Our film was returned by your house and you weren't there. <laughs> It's me, Roger, from the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Our film film is... is, Thank you, Taylor. Is a kind of physical... Sorry. Is a return to the kind of physical effects-driven genre comedy that is all too rare these days. I agree. Physical effects uh, or practical effects uh, just... They're becoming more and more scarce. It seemed like there was this kind of resurgence for a little while, but it's since just fizzled. Maybe COVID had something to do with it. I don't know. Probably. And supply chain issues. Like everybody got supply chain issues. Yeah. Fucking. I can't buy baby formula. It's it's rough out there. <laughs> yeah, man. The Luckily, Seattle Kraken mascot was like held up by supply chain issues. What? <laughs> yeah, like the Seattle Kraken were supposed to unveil their mascot during last season. And like, I think, I don't know if it was the costume or what, just never showed up. Or Oh, really? They had some kind of supply chain issues and weren't, weren't able to debut their mascot. <laughs> what is it? Nobody knows yet. Oh, I thought the design had been revealed, just hadn't been like debuted at a game yet. Nope. No. Well then, the uh, the prevailing theory is a like uh, like an old school deep sea diver with like the big round helmet. I could have done better than that. I don't know. Like, what can you really do with a kraken? A giant squid. How are you gonna have that be a mascot? I don't know. <laughs> like a Chinese dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a giant squid? A big pointy head, bunch of tentacles flopping around. And you're like, ah. You know, like a squid. How do you put somebody in a suit doing that? It doesn't even have to be a suit. You just be a big head. Or you could just make a big giant squid with like, maybe like put casters on the underside of the costume so it just wheels around. And then just put a jersey on it. Excuse me, sweater. I don't think you know what a mascot is. <laughs> I've seen mascots. I've, I've been to sports. I mean, it's at least more relevant than a mariner moose. I mean, I guess. I will never mooses. understand why the mariners have a moose. We don't even have moose up here. I think we, I think we at least used to, didn't we? I don't think so. I don't know. They that's have more of a Northwest track. I know that. Well, that's, yeah, they got I know that for damn sure. 
bobcats and red pandas too. Like <laughs> Northwest Trek. That's one place I can't believe is still open. I would have thought the animal rights people would have had their way with that. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, cast. Sorry, our film. Oh, yeah, I said that already. Casting is underway and production set to commence this July. Uh, Destroy All Neighbors will have a day, have a day and date release in theaters and on Shutter in 2023. So look out for that, guys. Yeah, like I said, this sounds right up my alley. Yeah, where are they shooting? <laughs> we'll be in it. Yeah, fucking fuck it. Call us. We're not doing anything. I mean, I, I got a kid, but I can I can step away for a couple of days. <laughs> Just tell him you're going to get cigarettes. <laughs> <clears throat> fun stuff. <laughs> Too much fun. All right, the remake that everyone has been waiting for is finally coming from one of the most major studios in Hollywood. Are you picking up on the sarcasm, everyone? The remake of Terror Train is coming this Halloween from Tubi. (laughs) Only Uh, the most quality of productions from Tubi. Yep. And also the most awkward ad breaks ever. Oh, I know. Like, just completely unplanned. No, they're just like, every three and a half minutes, fuck, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Even if you're, like, on the last word of a sentence. Yep. Just like, uh, be watching Dawn of the Dead, and they'll be like, when there is no more room in hell, the dead will watch. McDonald's knew... Sunshine McBreakfast. That's not a real thing. I don't know what McDonald's serves anymore, but (laughs) available until 10 a.m. and featuring hash browns, eggs, spinach, and cherry tomatoes. Available at your local McDonald's. Uh, Ba da ba ba ba. That's walk walk the earth. Uh, Terror Train is slated to premiere this October as part of the platform's successful annual month-long Halloween-inspired genre celebration, Terror on Tubi. I would like to make clear that the likely reason that they are so successful is because people can watch movies completely for free. (laughs) Fofui! And that, that... there it explains the entirety of their success i question though how successful terror on tubi truly is since we've never heard of it yeah this is yeah this is the first time <laughs> hearing of such a thing uh in this contemporary reimagining eerie Do you excitement fear fest yes uh, do they still do that on amc i don't know 
That was awesome. I always look forward to that. Even though it was like, you know, edited for TV movies, just like before, this is before like streaming was really popular and you couldn't just like, it's like, oh, I want to watch this movie. Click. Right. You know, you had to like either go out and rent it or you had to own it. Fear Fest was awesome because those movies were just there. And it was always something you wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, in this contemporary reimagining, eerie excitement is in the air as Alana, played by Robin Alomar, and a group of college seniors board a party train for a Halloween-themed bash. Well, it's Halloween fun- now? Yeah, it was New Year's Eve before, right? Yep. Uh, but their fun spirals into fear as attendees are killed off one by one by an unknown killer. Concealed by costumes and plagued with chaos, everyone is a suspect. As the party train continues full steam ahead, Alana must race against the rails uh, to find the killer before she becomes the next victim. I don't know why race against the rails just hit me in a weird way. Like, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> That's terrible. All of this is terrible. Because um, it makes it sound like she's like racing the train, but she's on the train. Yeah. Literally, she's going at the same speed as the train. She can't go faster. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess if you start at the back and like run through the train. No, you wouldn't be going faster. <laughs> that's, that's not how velocity works. No? That's not physics. I don't know physics. <laughs> what am I, Bill Nye? Technically, if she was running, she would actually be going even slower than she was originally. <laughs> Wouldn't that only be if she was going, if she was running the other way? No, because every time she was in the air, she would be slowing down. I don't know. That's right. That's okay, Taylor. <laughs> Rest. The new, <laughs> the new <laughs> cast is led by Canadian actress Robin Alomar from Utopia Falls. I don't know what that is. Never heard uh, of it. As well as Tim Rosan of Schitt's Creek. Who is that? Um, I'll look it up. I love me some Schitt's Creek. He, oh, Schitt's he plays Creek. Mutt. He, he plays Mutt, yeah. Uh, the remake is written by Ian Carpenter. Any relation to John? Uh, and Aaron Martin from Slasher. So that's interesting. Uh, and is directed by longtime Incendo collaborator Felipe Gagnon. Gag, probably Gagnon, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean... Every- Every time I've seen that name, it's been Gagnon. So, oh, really? It's not all Frenched up? I don't think so. I mean... French. I guess I just... I saw Felipe, and so I decided to class it up. And maybe it is. I don't know. Every time I've seen the name, it's been an American, so... You know, we say our name's dumb. Yeah. You'd be like, is it Felipe Gagnon? And he's like, it's Philip Gagnon. <laughs> but my friends call uh, me Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so like the original took place on New Year's Eve. It was a New, New, New Year's Eve costume party, which always struck me as weird. But then if you watch like Trading Places, there's a costume party too. I mean, I've, I know like masquerade balls are pretty common on uh, New Year's Eve. But yeah, not necessarily a costume party. It's a very specific kind of costume for masquerade balls. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was an 80s thing. Because like I said, you know, trading, uh, trading places, there's a, at the end, there's a costume party on, on a train. Maybe um, it's just on trains. We've just never been on a train <clears> on <throat> New Year's Eve. Just a train Eve. thing. Um, but 
having it be during Halloween to me makes more sense to have costumes. Sure. I mean, the guy's got to be dressed like Groucho Marx, right? Yeah, well, yeah. That's the whole thing. That's the gimmick. That's the gimmick. <laughs> I mean, it would be like, you know, having remaking Friday the 13th and having Jason not wear a hockey mask. like. Which, like, there's, like, speculation that once everything... Once somebody hits their ground run to, running with their uh, Friday the 13th project, that, it, that he might, won't have a mask. I mean, I mean like, he might not be able to. I mean, unless... Depending yeah, on unless, who's making I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, unless <clears throat> they manage to license it from Cunningham. Or he's, you know, otherwise involved. Right. But that's so stupid. Hella stupid. I mean, I, I was quite vocal about my disdain for Victor Miller trying to renegotiate a, you know, almost 40-year-old contract. But uh, I think they're both just being children, and it's just dumb. Naturally. Anyway. So, that's it, guys. We made that's it. That's horror business. That's a spicy meatball. Oh, business God, is closed. Half, hour and a half in. <clears throat> the business is closed. It's terrible. <laughs> Don't ever say that again. Business is closed. Business is closed. All right, guys. The business of giving you the business. <laughs> I, I did it. I started rewatching Aqua Teen. Did you? I completely forgot about Dr. Weird. Dr. Weird. Like at the very beginning of every episode. Oh, right, right, right. Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he always... Something always explodes, right? I mean, that happens throughout the episode, but yeah. I guess that's true. It was like the first episode, he unleashed the Rabbot, which was like the big bad of the episode. But then in every subsequent episode, all his scenes had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen. Oh, My man. hair heater. What? My hair heater. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff. All right, guys. <clears throat> well, from here, we're going to go ahead and do a couple film reviews. All right, guys. So like we announced at the beginning of the show, we did not make it to where at least Taylor didn't make it to uh, Dr. Strange, which is fine. Cause it wasn't really all that horror anyway. Um, so in its place, uh, I have selected the remake slash readaptation of Firestarter. Um, and also we will be talking about the new film. We are, we are all going to the world. We are. It's not, it's weird. We're we're sorry contraction. I guess it's not new, is it? It's from last year. Well, no. it, it it did Sundance last year, but it just recently came out. Right. Okay, so the new film. We're all going to the World's Fair. Taylor, we're which one? We here. Embrace the contraction. I said we're. No, you said we are. The second time I said we're. I don't think so. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Make me.
Shut up, I, shut up. You you just you you do. <laughs> Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Uh let's start with Firestarter. Cause it has start in the name. <laughs> you can see. Daddy. What's going on, sweetie? Something feels weird. Something's changing. You remember the tools we taught you, right? Pencil, desk, paper, shoes. You're weird. Everything okay, Charlie? It happened again. What happened? The bad thing. If you ever start to lose control, what do you do? It didn't work. She's not a robot, Annie. She's a little girl. With little girl emotions, which are wildly unpredictable. Charlie? She just has to shove it down and keep it hidden. Our responsibility is getting her ready. Our responsibility is to protect her. Charlie? If they catch her, they're going to put her in a cage. Charlie? They're going to run tests on her for the rest of her life. We'll never see her again. If who catches me? Something's happened. I need it handled with discretion. And I need her back alive. Holy shit. Do you know what it means to be on the run? Bad men are after us. Really bad. I hate living like this! You're special, Charlie. I'm not special! I'm a monster! Charlie! I want to help her. You want to use her? Charlie? Don't be stupid. Where's mommy? Do you feel that? Let her go or it's gonna get a lot worse. Where's Wally? Tell me now! She's the first of her kind. A real life superhero. You need to understand how to use it. It can't be a reaction. It's gotta be a decision. That's the only way that you can control it. She's becoming a young woman. I'm not going to jail. And someday soon... You gotta change the world. She may be capable of a nuclear explosion. Run, Charlie! On your knees! Simply with the force of her mind. <laughs> the whole world's going to hell. Promise me that you'll never use your gifts to hurt people. I'll only hurt bad people, I promise. Trust me, Charlie. You don't have to be afraid. Please, I can help you. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. I don't want to hurt anyone. But it feels kind of good. All right, so Firestarter. Um... Like I said, is a new adaptation slash remake. And I say that because it had some kind of nods to the original with with all uh, the um all the marketing looked exactly the same as the first movie. Yeah, even the poster looks yeah. identical. Um But yeah, so directed by Keith Thomas, written by Scott Teams. Um, of course, this is an adaptation of uh, Stephen King's novel. Um, now, longtime listeners of the show will know that I am a very big Stephen King fan. Um, this is not one of his better works. It's very early in his career. Um, 
I think he had written like, um, Carrie and like the dead zone. I think those, I think those are like the books that it, he had released thus far when this one came out. So he was still pretty early on in his career, but yeah, this was not a strong story to begin with. And then they made a, a movie out of it. Of course, with Drew Barrymore and um, also like Martin Sheen, George, and C. George Scott. C. Scott, <clears throat> and the movie again, it's fine, but it's not. It's not that great. Yes, Taylor, you have something to say? Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> this this won't surprise many people, but I have not read the book. <laughs> um, I did see the original movie, but it was probably twenty plus years ago, so I don't really remember it at all. That's fine. So I don't. I'm m- mainly judging this movie solely on its own merits, whereas you are obviously going to be more in tune with the book. And I, I don't know that your uh, knowledge of the original movie, but yeah, no, I think I was probably high school, so you know, over 20 years ago um, that I read. You're so old, I'm fucking old, dude. Um, uh, that I read the book, uh, and honestly. I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw the movie, the the original movie. <clears throat> um, so obviously, I've I. What was that? Sorry, I have this the Sounders <laughs> game in the background. Oh, <laughs> and uh, Christian Roldan just hit an absolutely incredible shot. Cool, it is cool. Go team. Get the points. Make all the points. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, lost my place in what I was going to say. Yeah, okay, so <clears throat> uh, this movie starts out, um, I guess it, it's sort of a cold open in that it, it starts with um, uh, Andy... And, um, oh, fuck, what was it? Vicky. Um, Andy and Vicky McGee, um, just at home, you know, kind of winding down after the, after the day, getting ready to go to bed. And suddenly in their baby Charlie, or baby Charlie's room, uh, her, her room just suddenly starts sparking and igniting. Um, this, you know, alerts Andy and, uh, Vicky, the Andy goes running into the room and the entire room's in flames. Um, and the, he uh, pulls the, the mobile was the first thing that kind of right. caught fire. Um, <clears throat> so she, he, he gets her out of the room and just kind of like, just kind of stares the, the way he looks back at the room, very concerned, makes more sense when you kind of know the backstory. Um, I, I guess upon first viewing, if you're not very familiar with the story, the way he looks concerned might not make a lot of sense. But um, then we get this opening credits montage with um, Andy and Vicky. Clearly, you know, younger um in college uh volunteering for a medical trial andy's got uh, some sweet long hair 
Right. Yeah, Andy's played by uh, Zach Efron, who, you know, forgiving his past in, you know, the high school musical and his, you know, his Disney career. I actually like him as an actor. He's he's done some I'm good work. I'm pretty sure this is the first Zac Efron movie I've ever seen. Really? I think so. No, you, you've seen like uh, like ne- uh, I've not seen Neighbors. If that's you've not seen Neighbors. I've seen uh, the John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd Neighbors. <laughs> Never call her again, uh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, for Belushi to play the straight man in any movie, <laughs> right? Is fucking ridiculous. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Andy and Vicky are like they're being interviewed for a medical trial uh, using an experimental drug called Lot Six. Um. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff that you kind of have to. You don't have to, but. It's like this whole thing, you know, with this montage. And you, I mean, like if, if you read the book or if you've seen the original movie, you know what Lot 6 is. It's it's the drug that was given to them. And you find, you know that Andy and Vicky both have uh, telekinetic powers of their own. Um, and Charlie is pyrokinetic, meaning she can obviously spark fire anywhere she wants. Um. So yeah, so, so one gets- thing one thing I didn't understand, and maybe you can shed some light on this. Did they have these powers before the experiment, and that's why they were chosen, or did the 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 experiment give them these powers? So that was not part of the original story that I recall. Oh, so okay. I, but from the impression I got, yes, Andy and Vicky both had some latent psychic abilities. Okay, that was um, the impression I got, but I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Right. Um so we jump forward to uh present day. And you know, it's really hard to tell because there are no cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like I But I there's a reason very, there's no cell phones. Right. But I, I honestly had a very hard time. Uh, it, like for probably a good, you know, 15 minutes or so of the movie, really nailing down when this took place. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty ambiguous. Yeah. I mean, it's it's clear that it takes place in the modern day I mean, later on in the movie, just with, you know, technology that's around, you know, cars and, and things like that. Um, and contacts that make you impervious to telekinesis. Right. Um, Was that in the original? No. I didn't think so. I thought it was kind of hackneyed. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. uh, um, So Charlie's been having nightmares. She's, what would you say, probably about 13 or so? Sounds about right. Um, Yeah, I mean, she's she's in junior high or, or middle school. So yeah, probably around that age. Um, and she's had a nightmare. Her, her, uh, her dad comes out and kind of, kind of says, you know, what do we do? And we start to get scared and they basically go around the room and it's a, it's a common, um, uh, coping mechanism coping. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a psychology technique that when you, you know, when you're under stress or anxiety, you just 
name things that are in your in your eyesight and it's just it's supposed to calm you down um so but it's it's become clear that you know charlie is bidding her her powers that already were presenting as an infant have are starting to become more present um later i guess presumably the next day um She's getting bullied and picked on at school by some fucking ginger. Why is some it that, fucking freak gingy? Why is it in movies that gingers are always bullies? Probably because in real life they're bullied. I'm saying, like, I've never met a ginger bully in my life. It's always they've always been the ones that were being bullied. It's probably written by a ginger. <laughs> well, it's just like I just wonder we're if like, take back the power. <laughs> I just wonder if like. It's it's a conscious decision by like casting directors and stuff because there's so much uh, resentment for gingers. I mean, <laughs> they maybe. just get ca- they get cast in these bully and just asshole roles. Um. So and this kid yeah. is just a dick for no reason, too. Yeah, he's just picking on her just for for being weird. I mean, you know, different. She she's a little. Uh, you know, a, a little different than than um, most people in that she doesn't. Um, so be, because of the their history, um, their the family they have no de, you know devices. They don't have any cell phones. They don't have internet. They're completely not off the grid, but off the wire. I would say. Um, and so she's just not familiar with these kinds of things. Um, yeah, like the teacher tells her she like stabs too deep when they're um, dissecting frogs and like mm-hmm. ruins the frog. And the teacher's yeah, like, the teacher's like, that's fine. You can just look it up on Google. I don't know why we even do this anymore. Right. But she's like, I don't have Google. And, and the, the whole class is just like, <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like, she's not. She thinks that Google is something you possess rather than just like a search engine. Yeah. Um, like the anyway, waitress. But th- what? When the waitress was like, I don't have internet. All right. <laughs> uh, then uh, we, we see Andy who, you know, I think this is the first where we, the inkling where we get, or when we see that he also has, um, uh, you know, psychic powers. The shinning. Uh, the shitting. Uh, it's basically the the the, the power of uh, influence. Um, seed of doubt. It, seed of doubt. <laughs> I guess you know, basically inception. I guess is kind of what you would what you'd call it. Yeah, kind of. Um, uh, basically, you just he's, he he runs a uh, counseling business. Where he uses his power called the push, which is a carryover from the book. It, like he always called his ability the push um, to uh, get a client to stop smoking. You know, she, he says, you know what? We do this session by session, and and she says, you know, hundred dollar for one session. That's that's pretty pricey. And he's like, tell you what, we'll do one session. And if you don't walk out of here 
feeling better, you know, that you, that you already don't feel like you want to, that you don't already feel like you don't want to smoke anymore, that it's on the house. But anyway, he basically implants these thoughts into her head saying that you don't want to smoke, the, the, the idea of smoking makes you sick, the smell of stale cigarettes make you want to vomit. Um, and he basically snaps her out of it and says, how do you feel? He's like, I feel great. Thank you. Um, when she leaves, we see what the, the kind of, um, toll it's taking on him in the book. He gets like, just like crippling migraines. Like, like I didn't understand at this point, like, cause she says, I only have $75 in cash, but I can put the rest on my card. And he's like, oh, it's cash only. And I didn't realize it until later when he talks about how they don't have Wi-Fi and stuff. That's why he has to be cash only. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. When, when she walked, if she says, yeah, I've got $75. He's like, you know, I think I know you're good for it. You can go ahead and just give me what you have and, and go. As soon as she walks out the door, he basically, he almost falls to his knees and he see his eyes are bleeding. And like I said, this, in the book and, and even in the, the, the original movie, it was migraines, like just like I said, crippling migraines where he, he was basically infirmed for, you know, a period of time and it just gets worse every time. Um, so we go to uh, this secret government facility called the shop, which was actually the original organization that um, did the lot six experiments. Uh, and we see that Charlie's actions and her, her thermal, you know, presence is being tracked by, uh, Jane Hollister, which is a gender swap from the book and the original movie. And, you know, <clears throat> there's a character in here, uh, named John Rainbird. All right. I think actually in this, he's just called Rainbird. I don't yeah. Think yeah I don't think they ever say a first name. Um, no, they did. Yeah. John Rainbird. Um, yeah. I, I don't recall them ever saying it, but yeah, I don't either. It's, uh, so Rainbird in the book, he's an assassin. He's a, he's a, just a crazy Vietnam vet. Um, and he becomes just like obsessed with, with, with Charlie. Um, so in this, they played. Like so, in the book, he is he's a Native American. He's I don't know what, what tribe I don't remember. Um, but <laughs> in the original movie, he was played by George C. Scott, who was a white man, and I believe they like tinted his skin and, and darkened his hair. They Fisher Stevens him, right? <laughs> which would be like unheard of today, like th- like. That would have been the end of everyone's career yeah. if they tried to do that. Um, in the TV movie Firestarter Rekindled, which had um, um, oh shit, what's her name? Katie from Wet Hot American, Wet Hot American Summer. Summer. Yeah, she played Charlie in this, and Malcolm McDowell played Rainbird. That's not better. No, another white man. And it's like Rainbird. That that's a Native American name. Yeah. 
The guy who plays uh, on this, uh, his last name is Gray Eyes. Is it Gray Eyes? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. I saw a lot of E's and Y's and didn't really put that together. <laughs> but yeah, so Rainbird, for the very first time, is being played by a Native American. Yeah. But then they gender swapped Captain Hollister. It's like, you guys had a Why? good thing going. The, the, yeah, it, it benefits the story none, like whatsoever. Uh, uh, she was played by, um, oh, what the hell is her name? Uh, Gloria Rubin from ER. Uh, in the original movie, she was, the character was played by uh, Martin Sheen. Um. So Gloria Rubin is 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 a black woman, um, and it's just like it's if, if they wanted Captain Hollister to be a black man, that's that's fine, you know, because the character is male, but they gender swapped it, and it serves no purpose. Um, anyway, I'm not gonna harp on that. That's just like. The fact that they had Rainbird actually being played by a Native American, but then they did some pointless gender swap just irritated me. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, so they, they've gotten Charlie's location, and the, the shop has. Um, and shop is actually a recurring thing in, in several Stephen King books. Um, but when they, when they find her, and they, they now they know where Andy and Vicky are as well. Um, they the shop hires Rainbird to track them down and bring them in. Well, bring Charlie in. Like I think that uh, you know Andy and Vicky are ultimately just cannon, fo- cannon fodder. So is Rainbird from any other Stephen King books? No, because oh, when when the cap uh first calls him she says we're, we're reactivating you so it made it seem like it was like a former character <clears throat> yeah see he, he i mean he he worked for the shop like he was never anything that had to be rea- reactivated he's an assassin who works for the shop okay and he's also not superhuman or like he doesn't have powers, which he did in this movie, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really serve him a lot of good. No. Um, he he was telepathic. He could read people's minds. So we had Andy, who can, you know, powers of persuasion, basically, basically, like I said, incept thoughts into people's heads. Vicky, who was um, telekinetic, so she can move things around with her mind. And we have Charlie, who's pyrokinetic, can generate fire. And then um, Rainbird, who is telepathic, and he can read minds. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, yeah, so it just kind of becomes this cat and mouse thing uh, for the rest of the movie. Um, Charlie and Andy basically trying to stay one step ahead of Rainbird and and the shop, and it just kind of goes on like that for the rest of the movie until a really stupid ending. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm going to be uh, like full disclosure here. Like the last 15 minutes, I just skipped it. Like skipped ahead. Like I, this is just getting too stupid. I'm just going to like <laughs> jump, see if there's anything important here and, and uh, fill in the blanks. And, and there wasn't. No, I skipped like to the very end, right before the credits rolled. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like this is like not only different than the book, but like completely counter not only to the rest of the story, but the like this movie. <laughs> this movie that I just watched makes no <laughs> sense with the rest of it. Yeah, like it it ends and I was just like I I mean like the very last part and then it ends and I'm just like, wait, why? Yeah. I was like, what, what is happening? I'm like, did I skip too much? Like, no, probably not. I, I'm like, I'm reading the Wikipedia here and like saying, yeah, I didn't really miss much. And even reading the, the Wikipedia that fills in all the blanks. It's like, what? this is ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't understand why that ending happened. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, I have no no bones about spoiling the the book or the original film sure, because yeah. they're both fucking ancient. But in the book and the film, um, actually, you know, I don't remember how Andy dies in the in the original film, but in the book, he gets shot in the neck. And it just kind of slowly bleeds out. Um, and uh, you said that's in the first movie. That's that's in the um, or that's the book. That that's the book. Okay. Um, I don't remember how he dies in the original movie. Yeah, I don't either. The same way. <clears throat> but yeah, the concepts and for some reason. So in the in the book and the original movie, Charlie is pyrokinetic. She has control. She can generate and control fire. In this, she has all of it. She is pyrokinetic, telepathic, telekinetic. The only thing she doesn't seem to have is the push. Um, so she's like Jack Jack. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, it's ridiculous. It's funny in the book. Uh, Andy actually uses the push on himself, which is just absurd. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I, it's silly. <laughs> the whole book is the, the book. I How feel do you like use if- the push on yourself. I don't even know how that works. I, th- I feel like if you would have written this book about 10 years later, it probably would have been much better. <laughs> Was um, this his Coke phase? Uh, I mean, probably. I, mean, I don't know when that started or ended, but or probably ended after he got hit by a car. But I don't got know hit by a bus. <laughs> he broke my tibia. <laughs> My testicles are tender. <laughs> Turn blue. <laughs> Turn blue. 
<laughs> um, anyway. You know who's behind this? Blumhouse? Fucking Blumhouse. Tommy Blum. <laughs> Tommy Blum. Which should come to come as no surprise to anyone. Um, and the fact that it was streaming on Peacock should also not surprise anyone. Yeah, I was in theaters for what, like three days before it came to Peacock? I think it's still in theaters, isn't it? I know, but I, I mean think... exclusive to theaters. Oh, I, I think they came out the same day. I don't think that's true, but I don't know for sure. I, I, I don't know for sure. but um... So, you know, a big issue I had with this movie? What's that? So, for like the whole first act... Andy is like, we need to teach Charlie. We need to teach her how to harness her powers and so that she can use them when she wants and things won't literally explode like it is happening now. No, Charlie wanted to repress her powers. I'm just saying Andy. Andy wanted to repress her powers. Vicky wanted to teach her. Okay. Well, I don't know if that changes your point, but no, it doesn't. The point was one of the parents was like, we need to to teach her, to train her. And then Charlie literally figures out how to use her powers over the span of like an hour alone in the woods. <laughs> I'm expecting well, some know, kind of like montage of her trying to figure out, you know, things and accidentally burning shit down. But she's just like, boom, got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, I mean, she did. Uh, It'd be like, didn't... okay, Charlie, here's how to use your powers. Okay. Got it. <laughs> that's it that's what we were fighting against the whole time <laughs> I mean she did roast a cat spoiler alert well yeah because her dad told her to no she did because the cat scratched her oh yeah and then her dad told she's her like her you go squish now <laughs> and then Andy told her to put it out of its misery right by burning it more it's like just snap its neck that's how you put something out of its misery. Yeah. Quick. Um, man. So this whole movie was just dumb, dumb acting, dumb story, stupid, fucking terrible effects. That fire was terrible. It looked like something you'd see on TV. Yeah, it was. It was like she she would shoot the fire out of herself. Like it yeah. wasn't like she shot it out of her hands or anything. It just kind of emanated from her. Right. But it was like you never really saw it. It was like you always just saw, you know, facing her, and it was just like a bright light, and then you would just see flames. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know the the effects in the original weren't great, but. When things were burning, like it was actual fire, like things were actually burning. Well, like the part with all the dudes in the suits, when she's like yeah. blasting all them, like you never actually see her and them in the same shot. Right. And so when you see them, like there's an aerial shot and it's so clearly a flamethrower, just like going back and forth. And it's like, <laughs> that's not how she's used the fire at any point in this movie. Yeah. It's just been, it's a- always, like I said, it's just been like this burst that came out of her. But right. in this scene, apparently she's like, back and right. forth like pyro <laughs> from the x-men <laughs> and you That's know what this movie felt like this movie felt like an x-man movie but like a bad one well yeah yeah like like the first couple x-men movies 
Well, I mean, I think the first and second one were probably the best ones. I think it was all the ones after that were terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. Like X3. But that's a low bar. <laughs> did you ever see Days of the Phoenix? My God. I did not. Man, that was rough. That was a bad movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... It just seems like, I mean, I'd say, oh, this is a cash grab, but I think pretty much anything that comes from Bloodhouse, Blum, Bloodhouse, Blumhouse is, or or Universal for that matter. Um, but I, mean, I don't know. What? Bloodhouse is such a cooler name, right? <laughs> Dibs. <laughs> you can't have it. Mine's now. Movie studio, metal band, either way. <laughs> you know, what's a sh- what a shame it was that uh, this had a decent cast. You know, Zac Efron, um, Sidney Lemon, who I feel like I'd seen before, but I couldn't pin her down. Um, but she did it pretty good as Vicky. And Kurtwood Smith. Oh, yeah. Red Foreman. Yeah. He was in the movie for f- like five minutes, if that. Yeah. Yep. Why? Why even get him to be in this movie if he's only going to be in it for five minutes? And he didn't he call plays... anybody a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> he, he played Dr. Wanless, um, who had a much more substantial role in the book and the original movie. And he's like in like a retirement home. Playing with sand? Yeah. And he's, and like, he's just like, kill the girl. That's it. That's his whole point. Yeah, they're like, like you we, have to we're going to teach the girl, and he's like, no, no, you kill her. And they're like, okay, and then uh, that's it. He's never in the movie again. In like the, right there, in... when he was arguing with the captain, he could have been like, no, no, you have to kill her, dumbass. <laughs> and then, like, oh, man. It's so hard not to spoil this because, like, the ending is so stupid. I really want to talk about it. Um, but needless to say that, like, you know, Captain, uh, um, why am I spacing the name? Hollister. Captain Hollister. You know, Martin Sheen, he was like this sinister asshole in the original. Now, I'm not... I'm not speaking highly of it because the original movie wasn't good either, but he played like this sinister asshole, you know, like this, this threat that was chasing down Charlie in uh, Gloria Rubin, like what fucking forgettable. Like she didn't even have to be in the movie. Yeah. And it's hard to tell if her intentions were like at times, it seemed like her intentions were good. Obviously, well, ultimately they they weren't, but like the way she played it made it, it seem like she was almost um, like almost a relatable character. Well, I think any good villain you 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 want to relate with them a little bit. Well, sure, but I'm just comparing it to what you were just saying about Martin Sheen's character. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, she's completely forgettable. Like the 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 uh, a crucial role in the in the story of, of Captain Hollister as you know, the head of the shop was completely downplayed by like glory Rubin, basically having no role 
at all in this. It's like, why, why even bother? And it's like, that, that leads me back to like gender swapping it. It's like, why did you gender swap it? And then like diminish this role so much. What was the fucking point? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they thought it'd be harder to change the character into a more relatable or whatever you want to call it. Uh, persona. If it was, a, if it was a guy, I don't know. I don't know. But, guys are assholes. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, in the in the end, where I mean, like again, it's not much of a spoiler because they didn't change the ending enough to really change who. No, you know, what, never mind. I'm gonna leave it out. Um, and you know, people are out. So this movie is being pretty much panned across the board. Like everyone hates this movie. Yeah, like, it's thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it thirteen? I thought it was twelve. It way. was 13 as of this morning. Okay. So, yeah, just a terrible movie through and through. I think it has 50% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <clears throat> um, and um, I forgot what was going with that. Shit. Lost my train of thought. People no likey. Yeah, no, it's garbage. Um, and, like... Looking at the Wikipedia page, it says in May 2020, or sorry, 2022, Thomas stated that there are ongoing discussions and poss- to possibly expand the film into a franchise, acknowledging that this may be in the form of a sequel, prequel, or spinoff media. No thanks. Yeah, I mean, hard pass. Who's nobody's going to watch that? That's. I hate when they do that, like especially with adaptations. It's just like, hey, we're going to do this adaptation of Stephen King's book, and then we're going to make our own thing right? based off that. Like, if I'm <laughs> Stephen King, I'm like, the fuck you are? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, he doesn't give a shit. He's just kind of like, fuck you, pay me. Well, yes, but... but All right. Uh, is that oh, it? I, I remember what I was saying, um, that this movie is being basically panned across the board, and people are Pretty much the the most consistent thing I'm seeing is that the only redeemable quality is John Carpenter's score. I personally have never been all that impressed by John Carpenter's uh, compositions, so even that doesn't impress me. <laughs> I've never really thought he was this musical virtuoso that everybody thinks he is. I also just feel like at this point it's like name notoriety more than anything else. Oh, absolutely! Like he could just go dun. Dun, dun. Oh, wait, he did that. (laughs) (laughs) See, he had an excuse for that, though. It was his movie, so he's just like, all right, well, I got to make this, got to make this music. That was also, you know, 1979 and had a budget of $18,000 or something. Right. But, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's, bosom buddies with universal now sure because he did halloween and halloween kills um and i assume he's doing halloween halloween ends um and uh you know he did well it wasn't universal but he did that foo fighters movie mm-hmm. i think didn't he he did the well, he soundtrack, was in it right he was in it but didn't he do the soundtrack too 
I think so. I think he he did the the score part, and then Foo Fighters did the actual like music parts of it. Hmm. <clears throat> Regardless. Um. Yeah. So this movie was just a fucking waste of time. Not only for us as viewers, but for people that made it. <laughs> like I feel bad for. Well, maybe not too bad, but the the girl who played Charlie uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong. I think this is her first role, and she. Honestly, I think it's her first movie role. I think I saw she did like some TV and stuff, but. Oh, that could be. But honestly, I'd say out of the entire cast, she probably did the best job. You know, skewing yeah. for a, skewing for a child actor, I should say. Yeah, like if you're rating on a curve, I would say yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I'd say, oh, you know, this is gonna fuck up her career, but it's probably not. She's she's probably gonna get jobs just on notoriety alone now yeah but fucking christ what a shitty movie to start your career with (laughs) and it's so disappointing because you know like i said i i like zach efron i think he's a good actor um and it's not that he was a bad actor in this it's just that he he didn't like his his role was not good yeah and it seemed like kind of like Basically, the whole cast was there, like for a day. I'm just like, all right, let's get this done. <laughs> you know, Kurtwood Smith especially because he he was probably literally on set for one day. <clears throat> anyway, all right, let's wrap this shit up. What do you say? I say two. Uh. <sighs> Yeah, I'll say two. I was debating two or three. But just like thinking back on how much I ripped it apart. <laughs> no, once it was over, my girlfriend was like, what'd you think? And I was just immediately like, it's not good. <laughs> and she was like, but? And I was like, but? I don't know. It was well made, I guess. <laughs> like, that's, that's all I got. Yeah. Like in that they used like modern filmmaking techniques. <laughs> Yeah, like it's technically sound. Yeah. Except for those shitty fire graphics. Yeah. That's so disappointing, though. It's like, what's like the number one CGI effect that they've probably been working on, like since the creation of CGI? I mean, probably fire. Fire, fire and water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, and dragons. Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's lots of CGI dragons. dragons. CGI dragons and fucking everything. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on. All right. Let's go to the World's Fair because we're all going to the World's Fair. <laughs> Proud of that one? No, that was clumsy. <laughs> Hey guys, Casey here. Welcome to my channel. Today I'm going to be taking the World's Fair Challenge. So, you want to join the internet's scariest online horror game? We can't be held responsible for what you become. 
All you have to do to get started is take the challenge. I don't know what to expect. I want to go to the World's Fair. I want to go to the World's Fair. I want to go to the World's Fair. It's like watching myself on a TV all the way across the room. They're getting closer. I think I'm turning into something terrible. I'm going inside the video through the computer. It's gotten worse. I need to figure out what's going on. I can feel the forces of the fair pulling you in closer. I see you there, even if you won't show your face. I swear, someday soon, I am just gonna disappear. And you won't have any idea what happened to me. Okay, so we're all going to the World's Fair. Um, Like we said, it's debuted at Sundance just came out on uh vod uh, last month so this movie is about the the world's fair challenge it's one of those internet challenges that nowadays are going around on tiktok you know Uh, like when you're people are eating tide pods yeah just dumb shit like that and dumping Uh, cold water on themselves for uh Leukemia, or was it leukemia? For ALS. 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 Yeah. Somehow that's helping ALS. I, it was like if you didn't dump water on your head, then you were supposed to donate. Yeah. But people are just dumping water on their heads. So it's right. like, what is this doing? I feel like rich people were doing both, but. Like, I mean, like. Yeah. It's like I, if you had the choice, <clears throat> if you're, you know, us, if you're just lowly podcasters. And you have the choice of giving money or just dumping water on your head. You're like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do the water. <laughs> um, I can't remember if it was Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen. It was one of the two. You know, kind of a prim and proper British guy, whichever one it was. Basically, was sitting there in a chair with a bucket of ice sitting next to him. And he, like, takes out. Like he reaches for the bucket and he takes out a cube and drops it in a glass and then starts writing out a check. <laughs> it's like, see, that is what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Not supposed to be dumping ice water on yourself. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, the World's Fair Challenge, uh, you're supposed to like smear blood on your screen, I guess, and say, I want to go to the World's Fair four times. It's never exactly clear what this is supposed to accomplish, but people are saying they did it and then they started to physically feel changes. Changes. So our story centers on Casey, a a young girl. (laughs) It doesn't work as well. No, it's not as good as a young boy, but she's a young, I don't know, 14, 15 year old girl. And she, like, the movie kicks off with her doing this challenge. 
we see her. She's talking to her, you know, followers or whatever. And she says, "I'm today. I'm going to do the the World's Fair challenge." And she takes a button, like a pinback button, and she stabs herself in the finger, like is ten that times. That was? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was like you know something you use for diabetes. No, because she holds it up and it's got like a skull on it, and she turns it over, and you can see it's got like the the pin back that. Oh, okay, I guess I missed that. But I'm like, you could just do it once. Yeah, you'd probably get enough. Yeah, she Finger. just and it it's not like she does it like gently either. She's like, ah, <laughs> and I was just like, Jesus Christ, like settle down. <laughs> also, she stabbed her finger. Like, I assume you've had like blood drawn blood drawn from like a finger prick before. Yeah. Or like a blood test. Sure. Like one prick, you bleed a lot. Yeah. You get plenty. She stabbed herself like 10 times and ruthlessly just a a little bit of blood, just tiny little bit of blood. It was all kind of smeared. So it's hard to tell, but I don't know, man. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, she then she starts watching videos of other people who have taken this challenge. Uh, One guy claims that he can't feel his body. And we see him, he's running on a treadmill and just randomly slapping himself in the face. <laughs> uh, then there was somebody who said they were turning plastic. And you just see this, you know, thin woman looking in the mirror and she's all shiny. And yeah, it did kind of look like she was turning plastic, but. um, But she's, you know, posting videos of her experiences and she posts this video and she says that when she was younger she used to have really bad sleepwalking issues and she said that now she's starting to feel those feelings coming back that she would feel like before she fell asleep and so one night she she says I'm going to film myself sleeping and see what happens she, but she lays down and she can't sleep. So she gets up, turns off the camera and goes out to the work shed behind her house. She the, lives shit. With the, the shit out there <laughs> in the shed. Um, but she lives with just her dad. We, we don't know where her mom is, but Wikipedia says that he's a widower. So I guess she's dead. Wasn't there some suggestion that he was abusive too? I mean, he yells at her one time, that he, but he's like, it's three o'clock in the fucking morning. Right. I'd probably yell too. Yeah. That, and it's not like he goes up there and like throws anything at her or beats her or anything. He literally <laughs> just yells, it's three o'clock in the fucking morning when she's watching <laughs> videos. Yeah. It's probably nicer than I would be. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So she goes out into the shed and she pulls out her dad's rifle for no apparent reason. Just looks at it and then puts it back. And she turns on this projector and starts watching this ASMR video of this woman who's just like, go back to sleep. Shh. And she's like stroking the camera. Dude, I and almost it, turned. It went on for so long. I almost turned it off. <laughs> like, I'm not going to like I was last night when I was texting you, like, I fucking hate this movie. That's what I was watching. Okay. Yeah, that part was a bit much. Like, I'm going to turn this fucking shit off. (laughs) (laughs) But so she lays down and she's kind of, you know, nodding off. But all of a sudden 
it loads up to the next video and it says a message for Casey. And it's a photo of her and her face is all kind of distorted and looks like the video from Black Hole Sun. (laughs) And then uh, her eyes turn black and it says, you are in trouble. I need to talk to you. And it's from a user named JLB. John Layfield Bradshaw, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So she reaches out to him. Somehow she got his Skype info. I don't really know. Who the fuck uses Skype? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, seriously, do people use Skype anymore? I didn't even know that was still a thing. Yeah, everyone's on Zoom now. Zoom or, like, uh, was it Google Hangouts or whatever it's called? Yeah, Google Meet now, I think. Right. Um, but she calls out to. I guess Microsoft probably paid a a, a penance. Could be a pittance. A pittance. But she reaches out to JLB on Skype, and he says, you know, that the symptoms that she was talking about with the sleepwalking and stuff is very kind of troubling. He says that he's been following the whole World's Fair Challenge and he's talks about, you know, do you know how far back it goes and how, uh, you know, everything about it and how it involves like these evil spirits and stuff. She tells him flat out. She's like, you know, I didn't really know all that. I just watched a couple of videos and decided to try it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he tells her that her, her symptoms are very kind of troubling. So he says, keep posting videos so that I know that you're okay and that I can kind of follow your your... Uh, journey. So there's, uh, she's, we just kind of get the series of videos from Casey and we see one where she, I think the, the title was like losing myself or something to that effect. Yeah. Like losing myself for a while or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's just, dancing and singing this song and it's very you know very kind of tiktok but then right in the middle of it she just starts screaming that was fucking weird yeah and my girlfriend's like why is she doing that i'm like i don't know she's a fucking teenage girl (laughs) i'm watching the same movie you are um but there's this one video where she's she films herself sleeping again and in the middle of the night, you see her hand kind of very slowly creep down the mattress and she kind of leans forward and her face comes into the light and she just has this big, creepy smile. And that's probably the creepiest part of the whole movie. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, at least from any kind of supernatural bent. But I think the creepiest part of the whole movie was... Uh, JLB's little uh, avatar. <laughs> oh yeah, he never shows his face when when they call. She's on video, and he's just on voice chat, and he's got this drawing, this pencil drawing of this yeah, this weird, creepy, shrouded figure. Almost looks like the Babadook or something. Kinda, yeah. <clears throat> but Casey's mental state is just getting worse and worse. Um. We see her. It's just it's just a video that it says dumbass waterfall. You can't really see what's going on in the video because it's very dark. But she says, one, one of these days, I'm just going to disappear and you'll have no idea what happened to me. 
And then like at Christmas, this was kind of funny. There's a, she's just looking at Christmas decorations and she goes up to this Santa Claus and she's like, stop smiling. Stop smiling. Idiot. (laughs) Just like yelling at this wood Santa Claus. (laughs) And he's just like, Merry Christmas. He didn't actually say that, but that was a look on his face. No, he's made of wood. Right. Like you said before. Yeah. The- but she starts talking about her dad's gun in some of the videos. And then at one video, she talk- says that, you know, she needs to kill her dad. It's- and she starts talking like in detail about how she's going to do it. And then she says, you know, or but she says, I don't, I don't want to do it. I just feel like I have to, and I can't stop myself. Right. Or maybe I'll just kill myself. Um, and so JLB contacts her again. And is just like, Hey, like, I think you need to calm down. Like this is, this is just a game. And she, you know, gets real mad about that. And it's just like, like, but she doesn't, she's not like, no, this is fucking real to me. Damn it. Like she's like, yeah, of course it's, it's a not game. a phase. Right. No, she's like, yeah, of course, of course it's a game, but leave me alone now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he was like, you know, your videos are very intense and, and it, I, I was just kind of getting worried. And so she gets mad and she's like, you know, of course, there's just a big joke. Stop being a dick. Don't talk to me anymore. Pedophile. Um, yeah, and then there's this kind of weird end that I won't give away, but it kind of leaves you wondering if it's real or if it's true. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of the point I thought was that you were supposed to wonder if it, what was being recanted was was true. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, at one point, she suggests that Casey isn't even a real name. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you probably could have left that out, and I wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Like I said, the the whole thing is that this is all just a big... They, they say it's an MMORPG, but I don't think that's the right use of that term. No. But I know there there is a term for these kind of things. I can't remember what they are. But you remember when we did the real world horror story about the guy who had the like snow arches in his lawn? Yeah. There was people that thought that was one of these, whatever the term is that I don't remember. But basically just like a live action game that you act out on, you know, social media. Right. But it's hard to tell if she thinks that it's real or if she is in on the game. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Like for me to say that I like comprehend this movie would be a lie. <laughs> I think that's the point for a lot of it. I don't think you're supposed to be fully aware of what's going on. I think it's supposed to be kind of ambiguous. I suppose there's like this one video of this kid who's got some kind of it, it looks like a fungus or a moss or something growing on him. And he like picks at it and pulls like fair tickets. Yeah. Out of it. That was pretty gross. Yeah. That, that, I think as far as like, uh, 
horror elements, that was probably the best part for me. Yeah. Even though it was only like 30 seconds long. Right. <clears throat> to me, like the the most unnerving part of this movie is thinking that there could be because like I when, when she pulled out the gun, I was like, this is going to end in like a mass shooting, like a school shooting. Yeah. And so to me, the most unnerving part was people was I was thinking about that there could be kids out there playing, you know, these games and doing these challenges that end up in real world tragic scenarios, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, psychosomatic or whatever the uh, situation happens to be. Yeah, which, you know, in all likelihood, there probably is. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the Momo challenge that ended up with kids dead. Right. Or, you know, wasn't really a challenge, but, you know, Slenderman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of like what this is sort of like, was kind of like a creepypasta. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Kind of off topic, but earlier, um, Kristen started Channel Zero. And I'm like, like it started, and I kind of I recognized the opening scene from the first episode. And I'm like watching Channel Zero. She's like, yeah, and it's like, you know, going on for about five minutes. She's like, is this not a documentary? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a horror show. What did you think it was a documentary about? I have no idea. I think she probably, you know, because it was, you know, um, channels, uh, sorry, not channels here. Uh, what the fuck was the first season called? Um, Something Cove. Uh, yeah, Candle Cove. Right. Um, I think she probably saw the description. It's like, oh, you know, child disappearances and, you know, blah, blah, blah. She probably just thought that, that description was some kind of doc, you know, crime documentary. She's been watching a lot of these fucking things about people disappearing and then turning up dead. And I don't understand women, man. <laughs> can't, yeah, they, they tell us that we're weird for watching fictional stuff about it. Yeah. I mean, just cheese watch that kind of shit. No, no, she doesn't. No. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's <clears throat> mostly white girls. It seems like mm-hmm. something about white girls. Just, and like middle age yeah. too, like millennial, yeah. millennial to middle age, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why. Anyway, um, have you seen yeah. the? I think it's called the Perfect Neighbor. That title's familiar, but I'm not sure why. It's a Netflix one. And it's about like, this guy who killed his wife and kids. Um, he like put the kids in an oil drum. Uh, the, yeah, I think I think Kristen watched that. Dude, the the best part is the police come to the guy's house, and they're talking to him, and he's like showing them doorbell video or something. And the, the whole time he's like he puts it on, and then he's on his phone futzing around. Mm-hmm. And the police are watching it, and then they like hand him their card, and they say, "All right, well, you know, if anything comes up, we'll be in touch." 
And this dude goes, sweet. <laughs> That's his reaction. Cool, bro. Oh, dope. <laughs> okay, so did you warm up to this movie at all, or did you hate it all the way through? No. like I'm just like, why am I watching this? <laughs> as As we were watching it, we were both just like, yeah, I can see why Tony hates this. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I tried to like get into it, but it was just not happening at all. Um, you know, I tried to, I, I read a, an interview with the director um, to try and like maybe get some like insight. And it, it didn't help at all. Like, I mean, is, is there something about this that I'm missing? Some, some kind of crucial you know, undertones or, or, or whatever. And I mean, so the, the, the writer director, uh, Jane Schoenbrunn, she, she's a, a trans woman. Um, and so from what I gathered from this interview, she wrote this film to be not necessarily about her, but kind of like, you know, to, to describe feelings that she was having at the age that Casey is in this movie. Um, and, uh, you know, it says, you know, it deals with things like, uh, you know, loneliness, which I got. Yeah. Um, and you know, identity. It's like, which I didn't get. I didn't I don't, pick I don't up really on get that, that either. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm not remembering all this interview all that well, but, yeah, just these themes. It's like I didn't pick up on this at all, and I don't even know where I was supposed to pick them up. Um, hmm. but it also, it's like you know, this is being you know, I've, I've seen it called like a like a, a, a drama, which it definitely is. Yeah, but also horror, and like I don't understand how this is horror at all, aside from just like the the creepy imagery. But yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it kind of makes you wonder what's like, if anything is supernatural or if it's just kind of, um, you know, her going through stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, there are parts that I guess could be supernatural, but it's so ambiguous. It's, it's, it is, uh, tenuous to the horror genre. Right. I would say both these movies are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Stephen King is obviously known as the king of horror, but uh, he has written, especially in these past, you know, 10 or so years, he's written a lot of more sci-fi oriented stuff. Mm -hmm. Firestarter being one of them, even though it was early on in his career. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, for this, like it, this may just be one of those movies that I'm just not the audience for. Yeah, I like I said, we we both as we were watching it, we were just like, yeah, I can see why Tony wouldn't like this. It's it's really, you know, it's it's slow, which I know you hate, and I usually do too. But I I enjoyed this. Um, I know it's getting a lot of like really rave reviews, and I don't think I would you know put it up as there as like my movie of the year or anything. But yeah, you showed me ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, mm -hmm. no way. <laughs> I, I don't buy that at all. 
I mean, that just means 90% of critics thought it was good. It's well, sure. It doesn't mean that it was a nine out of 10. No. Yeah. I, I understand that, but I just, I don't understand how, well, you know, I think, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this. This is a critics movie. Yeah. And it's just like, I think a lot of times that, you know, crit being a critic, you want to be relatable and you want, you want to be seen as equal to other critics. And so your inclination is to agree with other, other critics. And so I wonder how many people saw this movie, saw that other critics were having rave reviews about it. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is a masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. Like I said, I wouldn't put it in one of my, you know, top movies of the year list or anything like that. But um, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it, yes, it is very slow. So if you're looking for an action-packed thrill ride, this is not the movie <laughs> to turn on. But like, I was genuinely like, I have no idea how this is going to end. Like I said, I my thought was that it was going to end in like a school shooting or some kind of mass tragedy. Something um, to qualify it as a horror. Well, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, that wasn't I, the way I, I was thinking of it. I just, but like I said, to me, like the the scariest part of the movie was thinking that there are actually kids who could do these kind of challenges online and just have some kind of psychosomatic response that ends in a in a horrible way. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I will say that the the, the two on screen members of the cast. Uh, Anna Cobb and Michael J. Rogers. Um, they actually played their roles pretty well. I mean, you know, Anna Cobb, she, I don't know how she is in her, in her natural life, but to play a girl her age, I mean, it's not that far of a leap, but she played the role pretty well of, you know, just yeah, this, this, is, this is her debut too. It even says like in the opening credits, it says making her, her acting debut or whatever. Right. Um, in this interview I was reading, uh, the director was saying that, uh, her, she, she picked her out of, you know, all, all the headshots and stuff because she was so taken by the fact that Anna had sent in a headshot of a selfie of her, like t- a cell phone picture taken in the mirror. That was a headshot. <laughs> Not like a professional headshot. Right. She's also like, I mean, this isn't meant to be denigrating or anything, but she's also very plain looking. Yeah. She doesn't look like a model or a, you know, pageant contestant or anything like that. She, she looks mm-hmm. like a everyday ordinary girl. Right. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Like I said, she played the role of, a you know quiet loner you know isolated girl pretty well yeah and you know where she had yeah, i'd say probably 95% of the screen time michael j rogers who played jlb uh you know he he didn't have much on screen time but he, he, you know for what he had it was played well so i will say the cast did a pretty good job and that's probably my 
major compliment of the th- of the entire film. But yeah, aside he's, from that, just, he's another one that you can't really tell what his motives are. Yeah, because it's like, you know, like, why is he talking to this young girl? Like, yeah, when um, when they have their little falling out, she calls him a pedophile. I'm like, wait, did I miss something here? Right. <laughs> but um, anyway. <clears throat> All right, so what's your number then? Uh, three. Uh, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a six. All right. I don't think this is our biggest split yet, is it? I don't think so. I think there might have, we might have had like a um, like a three and a seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably Flight of the Living Dead <laughs> or uh, uh, Frailty or Frailty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we did it, guys. We made it to the end of the show. And you made it. Thank you for sticking with us. Yeah. Hopefully this sounds all right. Because I don't know about you, but like the last one didn't really sound all that great. I'm not sure what happened, but. I, I don't think it sounds that bad, relatively speaking. But it's, <laughs> I mean, I mean it's obviously worse. not. Yeah. It's obviously not as good as our normal when we're in the same room, but uh, right. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. I don't know. I think something happened in the mixing. I might try some other things, but we'll see hopefully it turns out well um okay so we will be back eventually (laughs) taylor's not going to be in town for our next episode um we'll figure something out it may just be a late episode or or something i'm not sure yeah but when that happens taylor what are we going to be watching uh well as of now the plan is to watch uh monstrous and men Men and, and monstrous men. Uh, men, that's a that's a theater movie, ain't it? It is. That's why I said the plan for now, because it often changes when we pick theater movies. Right. Didn't used to. We always but, managed to see them. Yeah, but then the world changed. Yeah. Anyway, outside so we'll became a scary I- place. Right. Well, it's like now it's just having the time, you know, I've, I won't say me especially, but, you know, with being able to get out to see a movie either by myself or, or e- even with the wife is difficult now. Yeah. So anyway, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that guys. We will be back at some point. Someday. <laughs> Uh, until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Leave us a, li- a little little rate uh, review. Just say, you know, I, I like tacos or whatever. Or just um, like way cool thumbs up. Yep. <laughs> and Or like this emoji. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you can follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot, and of course Patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast if you want to have your name in the show or other cool things. Yeah. Alright guys. So until we meet again, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. I'm the fear addicted, and I get illustrated. 